The Bulletin. And Jamie Wall is our guest on The Bulletin this morning. And, uh, Jamie, a number of subjects to talk about, but uh, we understand, and you uh, are all over this, that uh, the WARS might be getting uh, Kurt Capewell. Yeah, morning, Smithy. Yes, that is the that is the rumour. It's been floating around for a couple of weeks now, uh, but it certainly feels like it. It definitely makes sense because uh, it's something the Warriors need, and it's also something that the Broncos need is a bit of cap space, uh, which they can free up to make sure that they can hang on to their hotshot young players, one of whom used to be at the Warriors. So it's funny how things work that way. That ultimately, Reese Walsh's move to the Warriors and then move back to the Broncos will sort of in a way benefit uh, the club because I think it's it's not a bad not a bad signing. Capewell will be I think thirty one next year, but he brings a lot of experience uh, through playing Origin uh, and obviously uh, in a very powerful, powerful Broncos side in the last few years. Uh, just a lot of experience as well. Um, and given that the Warriors have been able to get the most out of guys who are coming over, who, you know, a little bit of a question mark, obviously, uh, you know, over, like, where they are in their careers. I think Sean Johnson, like, ob- the most obvious one, but also Adam Fanua Blake as well. You know, uh, he, I think one of the reasons why he had such a great season was because I think a lot of people didn't have that sort of high hopes. Obviously, he's a class player and everything like that, but, uh, you know, the, the man, they, they managed to get the best out of him um, uh, on, at this point of his career, uh, it's something the Warriors seem to be quite good at. Uh, so hopefully Cape, well, they can do the same with Kurt Capewell as well because um, I think he's a real, really good addition to uh, a team that's that's on the up. On the back of uh, confirmation that uh, Tohu Harris is staying on and uh, we spoke to him yesterday and he seems as keen as mustard and as fresh as a daisy. Absolutely, yeah. It's great to hear that from Tohu uh, as well. I, I think that just given that the only real blip that the Warriors have had in terms of good news uh, has been the Adam Fanua Blake uh, situation which was a very strange one considering it all kind of got resolved in like 24 hours about him going and then recommitting and now it looks like he's going to stay on a year Uh, I think that you know there is a potential that he could just try and you know I don't want to I don't want to say it because I don't don't think he's that kind of guy but could be looking ahead to next year. We saw, we saw it a while back with James Maloney as well, who was had an absolute gun season in 2011 and helped the Warriors get to a grand final, then signed a deal a year out um, to go to, I think it was it was either Penrith or the Roosters, or one of those two. Uh, the Roosters, actually. And uh, he just phoned it in for the rest of the year. So they can sort of shore up that middle of the park um, with a guy like Capewell to potentially cover for any sort of deficiencies in that that area, I think it's a really good move as well. And I think Capel will come over Hungary uh, as well. He's, he's a good, solid player. And, yeah, good news all around. Right. Um, you would have been all over to um, the press conference held by Mark Robinson. I want to go to a couple of issues uh, coming out of that, of course, New mm. Zealand Rugby CEO. Uh, the All Blacks uh, and uh, Blackfern schedule, very busy uh, for 2024. Yeah, well, we had the all-black schedule tentatively confirmed and more of just sort of rumours about what the Black Ferns are going to be doing. But uh, it looks like it's 14 tests at least uh, for the all-blacks and starting off with one against Fiji uh, and a couple of against England uh, and then a home test against Argentina and rolling into the rugby championship. Two tests over in South Africa, which will be a really interesting um, situation there. 
because you know you'd, you'd back the, the All Blacks to sort of win those first bunch of games. I don't think England are going to be up to much when they come down, considering it's the end of their season, considering Owen Farrell's left, considering uh, Courtney Laws is gone as well, and you know they just don't have a great track record in New Zealand. So Scott Robertson could get off to a real flying start by the time he gets into uh, a, a really anticipated match against the world champions in uh, Johannesburg and we're hearing that that might be getting not be playing at Alice Park and might be getting moved down to Soccer City Stadium in Soweto where they can hold I think just under 100,000 which I think uh, the All Blacks played once before and also some big news as well that they're going to be playing in Cape Town for the first time in quite a long time Um, obviously the South African Rugby Union is always a bit rare to host the All Blacks in Cape Town given the amount of support uh, that they've historically got there but uh, it's going to be one hell of an away trip I can tell you that much and then you have an end-of-year tour, uh, which is going to be England, Ireland, France, and Italy on consecutive weekends, which, again, great trip for us, uh, but uh, pretty tough, uh, pretty tough finish to the year. So hopefully by then, Scott Robertson would definitely have his feet under, uh, his feet under the desk at that stage, assembled like a strong team. He's got the services of Bowden Barrett back. And just a few whispers that they're going to be uh, confirming the re-signing of a few more players in the coming weeks as well. So I think it's going to be a, a real hard reset for the All Blacks um, next year, but it's good to know that they've got what looks to be, I wouldn't say it's a friendly schedule because it's very busy, but uh, definitely a lot of room to uh, move in. Uh, Scott Robertson to sort of find his feet, uh, so to speak. And for the Black Ferns, uh, hearing there's about nine tests uh, scheduled. There'll be about four at home and then a WXB series. And then hopefully... They're still working on a game against England at Twickenham in October and November. Obviously, it's a very busy time uh, in the UK for rugby at that stage. So I think it's just a case of whether the ground's available. But they would be confident of having a very big crowd uh, for that. Um, They're confident of getting around 50, 50, 60, probably even more uh, for a very well-supported English women's team over there. Jamie, the other thing that uh, came out of it was uh, the stance from New Zealand Rugby, of course, and you would expect that this would be their stance, which is totally against uh, criticism and and, and uh, vilification of match officials. Now, we've seen uh, both Wayne Barnes and Tom Foley chuck it in because of what happened at the World Cup. That was a final straw for both of them. Where's the line? Where's the line here? Um, you know, I mean, social media is very, very hard thing to control, very hard thing to control. It's traditional media, not quite so hard, but where is the line? Well, I think we should get one thing straight here. Um, Wayne Barnes didn't chuck it in because people were bullying him online. He was always going to retire. Like, there's evidence that he'd said he was going to step away from the game uh, as far back as a year ago. Like, this World Cup was going to be a swan song. So I think people are conflating uh, that, that issue. I mean, you don't write a book about your career unless you're going to retire, and that's what he's done. And the reason why he's in the news is because he's got a book to sell. And, like, fair enough, I know what you have to do in order to sell a book uh, is to get, get in the newspaper as much as possible. So I think that there's just been a slight conflation of his own profile as to how big this problem really is. Um, the Tom Foley case, I mean, I don't know enough about it. I haven't seen what he's seen. I don't... I can't really it's hard for us in the media to kind of comment on stuff that's just kind of conjecture at the moment, considering the entire Wayne Barnes thing was really down to one comment by his wife during the, during the final, who said that she just wasn't enjoying herself. So it's, it's a difficult one, but to your question about where the line is, I think it's, as long as you give someone a right to reply and you can have, 
constructive conversations with uh, match officials about what's going on out there and and helping people understand because at the moment you know like and you guys talk about this every day about how confusing the game is at the moment how frustrating it is to watch and the officials that I've talked to about this off the record are fully aware of this and they're pushing back a lot of especially the New Zealand referees are pushing it back against laws that they see are unfit uh, for the game and a lot of it is down to player safety a lot of it is down to the fact that the TMO exists so therefore you have to use it in order to get stuff right Uh, but there is just a gap between you know, common sense and getting everything 100% technically correct because otherwise games are going to start going for three and a half hours and people just aren't going to, aren't going to watch them. And the referees are fully aware of that. Uh, I think just in terms of like where the line is, I mean, you have to be able to report fact. If, if a referee makes a mistake, it's happened. We can't just not talk about it. And the rest of it just comes down to basically just not being a jerk about it. You know, just saying like, hey man, like this is a howler let's make sure this doesn't happen again instead of saying stuff about their family and then and, and saying that they're never allowed to come back to this, this country. I think it's, I think it basically just comes down to what sort of person you are. And unfortunately social media has made it so that every absolute piece of crap is allowed to have an opinion on there. And some opinions are just worse than others. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting and very topical, very topical um, at uh, this time. Uh, have you got a, a quick chat about the, the Black Caps? Well, I'm glad I'm not betting on that pitch. I can tell, I can tell you that much. Um, <laughs> so I could probably pick up a couple of wickets with um, the sort of rubbish I was, I was throwing down. But, yeah, uh, not the, the greatest scoreline um, to wake up to. Um, always funny to see someone get out handle ball. Um, it happens, what, once every 10 years or so. So, yeah, again, being able to see that happen live on TV is um, something I'll tell my grandkids about. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not looking great uh, at the moment. It sort of feels like you know we're sort of living in the living in the past a bit with this Black Caps side uh, about what our expectations are of them. And to go to Bangladesh, and don't get me wrong, like, it's tough touring in the subcontinent and things. But these are the sort of tests that we were taking taking for granted uh, not that long ago. And it is a bit sad to see this team falling as, as far and as fast as it has. Uh, you know, I'm not the biggest uh, cricketer fan, or you, you know much more about this than I do, but I think that my opinion of the team is one that's pretty widely shared, that it's just like, man, this better start getting right, because it's a big summer coming up. You know, like, it's, it's yeah. tough. Pakistan, uh, and, and when the South Africa tour got announced, I was like, great, this is fantastic. It's our first chance, Black Caps' first chance, uh, best chance to beat South Africa in a series, which is the one thing that they've never done. Um, but I, I don't know what sort of uh, outfit South Africa are going to send over for this, uh, but it, it's looking like less and less likely uh, every day. And then there's these massive tests against Australia, which, are, again, don't come around very often, and we have to make the most of them. And I just hope that we can put up a decent fight. I think you're right, Jamie. I, I think you're, you're absolutely right there, and that's why I want to see us get out of this. Uh, I don't want to lose 2-0 to Bangladesh, I'm sorry. I simply don't. Thanks, mate, for uh, your uh, appearance on the Bulletin this morning. Appreciate your views. Have a good day. No problem at all, Smithy. See you later.